0: Stand to fly. I'm not there tonight.
1: And welcome to Night Cheese. This is Stephen. And I'm Tim. And I'm Jared. And we would like to thank you and welcome you for joining us this week for our episode titled Daddy Issues. So I don't know why my voice inflected the way that it did just then, but because it sounds a lot more positive and hopeful than what we'll be discussing tonight, which is, uh, the most, uh, a very recent, uh, series on Amazon prime called invincible. It's a, uh, Animated superhero series that is uh, most definitely uh, for mature audiences. It just wrapped up season one, and um, as it stands right now, we've I've learned that they have gotten the green light for seasons two and three um, already. It's based off of a based off of a comic, but the uh, property itself was created by Robert Kirkman, who is also known for creating a very popular series on AMC, The Walking Dead. So there's 8 episodes of this series and like we said the the series just wrapped up uh, a couple of weeks ago I think. Mm-hmm. Um and it's uh it's available on Amazon Prime the entire season you can watch that. It's uh so far um received very positive reviews. Uh currently Rotten Tomatoes has it listed at 98%, very high um for the series and then uh, IMDb has it as 8.7 uh which on their scale is also a really high rating as well. The broad flyover of this series is is a uh, almost kind of a mature audience version of say like Into the Spider Verse or something. Uh, you know, you have a teenage boy, except he's he he is a uh, the son of a of a Superman like figure. Um, who realizes uh, and learns? Uh, there's a little bit of that Disney movie Sky High in there, as well in terms of plot. Like he's a, uh, you know, in that that stage of uh, teenage life where he's wondering if he's going to get powers, and he finds out that he does in the first episode, and the rest of the season is really him trying to f- find himself in that, uh, while some other really sinister and visually terrifying things are happening um which more we'll we'll, we'll get into um before i get into i will want to talk about the cast but um the cast is so deep yeah. on this i actually don't want to just rattle that off like i do everything else at the beginning of episodes yeah. so we'll back to that in a minute. So I think let's just talk. I mean, like, I, I don't know who among the three of us discovered this first. It wasn't me. I was the last one to the <laughs> party. And I will start off by saying I'm a little one. I, well, I'm not embarrassed to be the last of the three of us to find it, but in retrospect, um, I'm glad I decided to test this move, movie to test this show out late at night after my kids went to bed because it was one of my sons who saw ads for this I think either on YouTube my youngest my 9 year old it was like a dad uh, he's like, Oh, there's a, there's a new show. Uh, there's a new superhero show. Cause he's like, listen, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who listens to podcasts know obviously that, that the superhero genre of things is something that's really very close to, uh, you know, what I enjoy. And so, uh, I've shared that with our family and my boys in particular. It's something we, we talk about, whether it's in games or movies or TV or whatever. Um, And he was like, yeah, there's this new show on Amazon, Dad. We should watch it sometime. (laughs) And, you know, occasionally he finds some real gems that I do too. And so usually I immediately, like, go to IMDb or something. And I'm like, let me just make sure that he's not, you know, wanting to watch the boys or something. Um, And, you know, has just seen a a a audience-friendly trailer and, and doesn't know. Um, so I, I, I had not done that either. But something lingering in the back of my head was just like, I really need to just see this first, just to be sure. And uh, I watched the first episode. And by the end of episode one, I was like, oh, No. Never. I'm like, I don't know.
2: Look, kids got kids have to grow up sometimes yeah.
1: yeah, well, you know, my kids have grown up in their own ways, for sure. And and this is just the kind of like I mean, we my older kids, we we watch we have watched some uh appropriate's a weird word, but you know, some some less offensive horror films like at Halloween and stuff this year, because they're getting in their teenage years themselves and stuff. Less brutal than what we see here okay. in *Invincible*. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is in, intense. as such an understatement. I mean,
2: it, it couldn't be. Can you imagine if this was done as live action? I mean, you couldn't. No. You couldn't, uh, yeah. you well, couldn't do it as live action without it being like. I don't know, I, I don't think it would even pass an R rating,
1: you know no, well, we have the boys, which is yeah. I was gonna say is is close and and yeah. I, I wasn't intending on referencing that show too many times tonight, but that is another Amazon prime show where the kind of spoiler alert the the more the more prototypically moral superheroes seem to have the most evil core behind them um I saw a meme today that was like Jeff Bezos is out here trying to brainwash the masses into thinking Lex Luthor is the hero, by 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 uh, buying and, and airing both Invincible and The Boys uh, uh, on his
0: network. Speaking of feature films, so I, I'm curious as to why this this shift happened, but I think I know just from what we watch now. But in I think in 2017, um, Seth. Rogan and Evan Goldberg they did kind of option as a feature film and then at some oh. point between 2017 and now it made that complete shift to animated and series and I'm pretty sure what we're talking about is why Why? but I'm well, curious I to say, wonder how I that think, thought process like when they'd made that uh, final decision yeah
1: yeah. I, I, I I'm. I <laughs> would assume if this film went to theaters the film if, yeah. if this show had been converted into a film and went to theaters it would have died I mean, yeah. there's just not a paying audience for it. I don't think um, for for the for the gruesomeness of the show. Um, yeah, and Seth Rogen is a weird guy. I mean, you know, I used to just think of him as this sort of 21st century Kevin Smith kind of guy, just like obsessed with weed and yeah. and everything, you know. But now he's. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much of this to attribute to him, I should say. Because one of the worst movies I ever saw in my life um, was, uh, what was it called? It was definitely a double entendre. It was about the grocery store, the animated movie, like the uh, mature animated movie about the grocery store. Oh, the Sausage Party. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, that movie was terrible. Like, And he seems to like... He seems to have this sort of um, uh, irreverent, perverse sense of humor that doesn't have a boundary. And when you kind of go to the, go to the line and cross the line, like he seems to be, he seems to be a creator of content that doesn't care to even um, imagine that the line is even there. you know um and so i feel like that takes away from a lot of the stuff he does because now i don't know how much credit to really give him in in you know working with like the boys and with invincible because obviously the invincible was a is created by kirkman he also created the walking dead book we said and um i don't know he didn't create the boys either but those stories both of those stories underneath all the brutality have um have a lot of heart to them Mm -hmm. so I don't know it just seems like he's he he's, he has a he's creating a certain brand of things he's producing i think coming to expect especially with the similarities between the two just previous referenced properties back to back so anyway I, you know we're kind of getting all over the place with this but what about i mean like you guys what was your initial exposure like i know this was actually like a graphic novel or a comic like are you, are you like familiar with that at all or what about you guys jared
2: um, so I was sort of unknowingly familiar with it. Like, um, I realized now that I ran across on the internet, on the internet, somehow some panels from like a, a, a big event that happens in the future of the, 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 comic book. Um, but I didn't, I didn't put that together until, I don't know, at, at some point in the middle of, of watching it. Uh, Or remember that. Um, So I think it was maybe a couple episodes had been out before I jumped into it. I think maybe I jumped into it about by the time the, maybe the first three episodes were out or something like that. And so I binged those. Um, So, but from that, yeah, I had no real, um, uh, you know, connection to it other than again, realizing later like, oh, this was this is what I what I saw on on the internet, which does kind of spoil some stuff um, for the future. But uh, it it didn't really take that much away, and I didn't really know exactly what the twist was going to be at the end. I, I had a guess of what it was going to be, and that ended up it ended up being right. But uh, yeah, that was my only real connection to it. And I think kind of like I think you said at one point, like at first. I was kind of reluctant to get into it because I do watch the boys. And so it just kind of felt like from from what previews and stuff I'd seen, like, okay, this is just sort of animated version of maybe of the boys of of just maybe not to that level. Superheroes behaving badly, but just sort of gory uh, superhero material. So um, I wasn't super eager to get into it at first, but. I watched the first episode and I'm like, okay, this is, this is different enough. Um, And it's got a hook, uh, you know, sort of a mystery at the end. So I I was, I was interested enough to keep keep going.
0: What about you, Tim? Yeah. So I, it's funny. I I actually have, so I, I, I want to say maybe, I guess maybe when I moved into our house currently about maybe uh, six ish years ago. We So our last couple of places where we lived, we were never really like in a convenient spot to go like near a library. We, we always seem to be kind of oddly far away. So we didn't really go that often. But we're moved now. We're just a couple of miles away. It's pretty close by. So we, I don't know, when we first moved, we got kind of really excited, like, oh, wow, there's this library close. Let's go and kind of see what's, you know. What's going on? And going there, it kind of just reminded me how awesome libraries are. Like I was like, oh wow, yeah, I remember loving these as a kid. Like this is great. So we were just kind of going. Around. I was grabbing books. Read. I probably read like two. You know, like just grabbing like ten books that I couldn't possibly read in a couple of weeks. But um, on their kind of like stack of like you know graphic novels and stuff, they had the Invincible. I guess, I guess the first Compendium or one of the thicker sort of volumes, and. I guess around that time, maybe too. I read a couple of like Watchmen and a couple of other things. I was like, you know, let me, maybe I need to bring more graphic novels into my diet and just kind of see, just try them out. And, uh, and so I I got it and I have to admit, I feel bad because I I didn't not, I enjoyed it. Okay. But um, looking back, I don't remember much of the, not like, I don't remember much of it. I remember like in the show, some of the key big things, but overall, I don't remember a lot, but I did enjoy it. So I kind of had this background knowledge, but even when, the animated series kind of was introduced to her. it still because I didn't like have this like deep love for it, even after reading it, or I wasn't really that um, enthralled by it. I was kind of hesitant, but um, I don't remember if it was Jared. Or so I don't remember how, yeah, how someone started asking me if I'd seen it and I decided, well, I guess I better check it out. But I kind of had the same thought Jared did about, you know, kind of just being a, an animated version of the boys, which I'm glad it isn't quite that at all. But um, yeah, that was my kind of first just kind of, I don't know. It's just going to be another, like, kind of cynical look at superheroes, which I don't think it completely is, which is good. But, um, yeah. So I, that was kind of my first thought going into it, but I ended up enjoying it enough to to keep going. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, if, if there are people who have, who are maybe on the fence about this, I, I'm not, I'm not going to work super hard to try to convince anybody to watch this, uh, <laughs> this episode because it's, uh, it's, it, it's quite a, it's quite an intense experience, um, like we already said. So, but, um, if you are somebody who already in, liked something like the boys, um, one thing I'll say that's different about this show is you know, the boys was definitely about kind of s- circles around the seven, you know, the, your, your Avengers slash Justice League type group. Um, and you know, it's a different take on that kind of super group and, um, the, the corporate influence and that, and, and, um, you know, the cynicism there. Um, but this really, while there, while there, while there's an element of that in, in Invincible, um, it actually, I would say probably has more in common with like, um, I can't remember what year it came out, but the film Kick Ass, hmm. um, where oh, yeah. you know this this kid decides to be a vigilante and stuff like that, and of course he doesn't have powers or anything like that. There are superpowers involved in this, but but one thing I did um, enjoy is a uh, one thing I appreciated about this show is that um, I alluded to this idea and other properties that we've talked about in the past, but. As gratuitous, and maybe maybe gratuitous isn't the right word, but as prevalent and as barbaric as some of the violence is in this show, I, I feel anyways, they really attribute worth to human life in this show because when mm-hmm. when people die, you you feel that, you know um, there there is a sense of loss and responsibility to when things don't go right. Which I think, you know, was, was highly criticized in the past 10 years. in a lot of these, uh, even by, by us, you know, in other, other episodes about other properties. And, uh, that's something I, re- I really appreciate that. And also, um, so Mark Grayson, this main character who is voiced by Steven Yun, uh, Glenn from the walking dead, one of many walking dead alumni, um, <laughs> that were cast in this show. Um, in this coming of age superhero, you know, journey of his, um, you really see the struggle um, and of him being someone who's, you know, this almost kind of. Uh, I was about to say this like Simba Lion King kind of thing, like where he just he's so eager to to become who he wants to be, but the actual. Path of getting there, and I, and you know, we will certainly talk about. There's no way we're not going to spend a great amount of time talking about J.K. Simmons, uh, Omni Man, his father. Um, but before the shoe drops on everything Omni Man is in the dark and in the and in the and in the secrets, he's training his son, and he's like, you know, it almost seems like tough love for you, but he's like, listen, you know, this is serious. If, if you're going to be hero, you're, you're going to have to know pain and you're going to see how tough you are. And he's like, hit me. And he's like, I don't think you're ready for me to hit you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're thinking about, like, imagine Superman and his son. And he just hauls off and punches his son in the chest and, like, mm-hmm. the animation. Crumples and uh, Yeah, crumples <laughs> him. And, like, you think he might have caved in his lungs here at, it, 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 by the way that he goes down? Um, and it's interesting Because you sense maybe a brief moment of the briefest, you know, uh, flashes of compassion from his father when he sees that he's hurting. But at the same time, it's like, this is necessary. Like you're, you're going to have to become familiar with this if you're going to do this job. Um, And I like, um, I liked in the show that he just like, even by the end of the season, he wasn't a particularly graceful superhero, um, mm-hmm. yeah. invincible. You know, he's 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 making his way through it. He doesn't he doesn't always make wise decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, he's impulsive sometimes. He's he's gullible. Yeah. Um, he is not a graceful. F- I yeah. love that he's <laughs> not sloppy. a graceful flyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's an incredibly sloppy flying <laughs> hero, um, which is great. <laughs> For as much as I love the whole what's up danger sequence and into the spider verse, which might be my, f- one of my favorite, you know, um, template of that type of moment in a hero movie of, of, of all, um, this is very it, using the word realistic is kind of funny, but, but, it, but it is kind of, it's it seems realistic for someone in that situation. Like you're just getting used to all this and, and everything. And, uh, yeah. and it's, and it's, uh, it's real awkward and clumsy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
2: I laughed at the, um, at when, when he meets the alien and, and he tells him that he's invincible and I forget exactly how, how he phrases it, but he's like, really, you, you seem quite vincible. Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) 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 The alien voiced by Seth Rogen, which I thought was actually a a great performance by him. So, (laughs) so, um, approachable and like, you know, more of these. Yeah. And, uh, the, um, yeah, the elements of the show and how other heroes are heroes and villains, uh, you know, um, are portrayed are very interesting. Um, Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll reference a few of them because I'm just gonna go ahead and just r- run through some of this very large cast list to hit some of the some of the names. So we we mentioned Stephen Young, um, Glenn from The Walking Dead, plays Marka, uh, known as Invincible. His father, voiced by the awesome J.K. Simmons, uh, um Nolan Grayson, who uh, whose hero identity is Omni Man, and their human mother, uh, Debbie Grayson, voiced by Sandra Oh, um. Community fans will recognize Britta. Uh, Jillian Jacobs played uh, uh, a hero, at uh, Atom Eve. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of uh, cleverness going on here okay. in a lot of the, the hero names and stuff. Uh, we have uh, Walt Goggins um, as uh, Cecil Stedman, the head of, uh, I can't remember the name of the organization, but basically the, the government organization that keeps tabs on these heroes <laughs> and stuff. Um, Zachary uh, Quinto uh, as Robots. Um, Jason Mansuzakis as Rexplode, um, Kevin, Michael Richardson and Ross Marquand, Ross Marquand, also a walking dead alum, uh, voice several other characters. Um, and we can get into those later, but also kind of blink and you miss it. Mark Hamill as, uh, Art Rosenbaum, the, uh, the, the, the superhero suit maker, uh, Clancy Brown. Um, it's Damien Darkblood, uh, sort of Hellboy meets, uh, Eddie Valiant. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Colum- Columbo, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <You're right. laughs> um, so what's really neat to me is, is a couple of more things here. Well, and uh, goodness gracious, I, I, I'm not even close to, to listen to everybody that I wrote down, but, um, is, there is this sort of justice league called the Gu- guardians of the globe. And I think it's what they're called. Something yeah. like that. Um, completely comprised of walking dead alum. Uh, so Ross Marquand, uh, voices, the, um, the immortal, um, who, who have c- confirmed Jared, we were, we were messaging about this the night that I watched the finale. Yeah. Is this immortal being who at one point in history, apparently was Abraham Lincoln. um, is just, just the weirdest thing to yeah. me. Uh, Lauren Cohen, Maggie from The Walking Dead, plays War Woman, obviously a, a Wonder Woman kind of thing. Uh, Martin Green, who was Sasha on The Walking Dead, plays Green Ghost. Uh, Chad Coleman, who I think was, uh, oh, now I can't remember. He was, uh, big dude, uh, what was it, I can't remember his name now, I was looking it up, but he plays Martian Man, Michael Cudlitz, who was Abraham, was Red Rush, and then Lenny James, who was Morgan on The Walking Dead, played uh, Darkwing, uh, not to be confused with Darkwing Duck. (laughs) Anyway, so so I thought that was a really neat, um, you know, uh, sort of Not really an explicit reference there, but the fact that all of them shared that project together in the past and they're now, um, you know, in this briefly together. Um, But also that the high school that they attend is Reginald Vell Johnson High School. And the principal is an animated Reginald Vell Johnson who goes by the name Principal Winslow. Which is just just one of my favorite things about this whole show, um, and then uh, one of the villains, uh, voiced by Mahershala Ali, named Titan, who had a really compelling episode as well. Um, which I, I think I'd like to talk about that one at some point. So, um, gosh, where were we now? So I just wanted to get get through on all that. Um, with with how all this is uh, on the show, just such. Such a deep cast. So, you know, we, um, you know, in this, in this first episode, we, we finally start to learn that Mark's, uh, Mark's father, Omni-Man is not always cracked up to be because, uh, he ends up, uh, infiltrating the, um, guardians of the globe at the end in a sort of post credit scene from episode one and just straight up murdering the team and, most gruesome fashion um, is uh, uh, there, there are there words to for at least I don't have them um, to accurately describe the viciousness on on display for that however um, while it's so it's and it's so strangely horrific because you' you know going into going knowing nothing
0: mm-hmm.
1: about the show and going into it and um, seeing the level of violence that was in the show prior to that, you kind of get a sense. It's like you get this false sense of TV rating or something. I'm like, okay, I see what kind of art property this is going to be. It's not so bad. As a matter of fact, you know, maybe a couple of my kids might enjoy it. Some of the older ones, you know, whatever. And then we get that scene. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) that's not it at all. Um, And, um, but also the sort of, um, I don't know if physics is the word I want to use, but like the way they work his powers into how he hurts people like, yeah. um, and the like, sound,
2: the sound design coupled with that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Every, every hit hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it sounds like it. it's, it's hurting. And, um, when you have someone like Superman, if he really does punch a um, you know a a an, a, a very invincible uh being, then it's not just going to be a black eye and falling to the ground. It's going to be a much different end result, and and that's what you see. Um, so yeah, so he basically murders the entire guardians of the globe and then falls down. I don't know if he's feigning injury at that point. I don't know. You yeah. Got, yeah, I wasn't sure if he was just faking it or if he really did expend enough energy or took some hits to where it pass- He passed out. I, I
2: think he would. I, I don't think he was faking it because I think if he if he had had the strength, he would have just left and not been there at all. But I I don't I don't know. Maybe he yeah. was.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I suppose you know it's not the most. Um, Relevant detail, but... But, um, yeah, so he ends up coming under... Um, investigation or uh, well, questioning I should say <laughs> uh, and um, so yeah Walt Goggins character is is uh, the director of this agency and he's you know sort of questioning him and um, I, I hate to admit I didn't really notice because uh, <laughs> I wasn't watching super closely in the first episode that Omni-Man wasn't a part of that group like you know like I, I always felt like there was some sort of camaraderie there yeah. uh, but you know looking in retrospect and reading up on he was just like they always kind of wanted him as part of the team but he he would never agree to join he's like you know i work alone kind of guy (laughs) um and uh boy did he make that you know evident um (laughs) so as he's doing this he's still mentoring and training his son to to fight and to and to be a hero and so that's you know that's kind of what that's the tension of this show is, you know, he, his son, uh, you know, I should point out too that he's very much, um, and and this gets, this gets revealed towards the end is that he's, um, um, Omni-Man is, is, is almost, he's almost Zod-like in a way. Um, because he's, he's, um, he's all Superman with no Clark Mm -hmm. in a sense. And, um, you know, Invincible, uh, you know, Mark is, is very much a sort of more, more kirk like, you know, his connection with human, of course he is, he's, he's half human though. Um, you know, he actually has a human mother, so.
2: And, and it's the same, you know, I mean, he grew up, uh, you know, he, he grew up from a baby on earth, whereas, you know, his father who like Zod just kind of showed up as an adult. And so there's yeah, yeah. no, there's no attachment, um, you know, that Mark slash Clark
1: would have. Yeah. Boy, boy, is there not. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> his, his detachment is, is something, something to behold. Um, <clears throat> but you know, what's interesting and, and he, um, he, his, his detachment for, for sentiment, like he clearly views it as this, this great weakness um, and shortcoming, you know. Um, but also his taste for vengeance is so severe. Like, uh, cause like in the second episode, um, a, a, a neat, a neat thing happens. So like um, Mark is trying to, he, he ends up joining up with this like Teen Titans type team, um, which is where you see Jillian Jacobs character and Zachary Quinto's robot and and some of the others, and uh, they're facing this alien race and 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 I'm I was almost disappointed that this was just a like throwaway side fight almost, mm-hmm. but this invading alien race like was from a different dimension where time moved at a different pace so like they came to invade and time moved so much faster on earth they all aged out and just died and then had to retreat and then came back with with more advanced technology every time to try to keep them from aging when they were (laughs) um, uh, when they were attacking which I thought was really um, a really fascinating wrinkle you know for a, a Comic book fight, basically. Um, but what I get, but what I'm getting to in the um, uh, in that fight is like the second, the second or third time they show up to invade, Invincible is is getting is is getting it handed to him, and uh, and again, that's the crazy thing too, is that you know, other than the show being called Invincible, you kind of start to believe like, is he really? Invincible mm-hmm. because, like, the right. level of a beating he takes in a lot of these fights is, like, you know, it wouldn't be an episode of Night Cheese at this point without me making a wrestling reference, Jared, but, you know, it's he's it's very Mick Foley-ish. Like, I mean, like, yeah. he can just take a ton of punishment, but at some point you're like, he's gonna die <laughs> at some point here. Like, he just can't, like,
0: yeah.
1: surely not, or what quality of life is he going to have? Because surely he's not going to be able to come back from this or something. Um, yeah and he's just getting waylaid yeah. by the leader of the army who he is kind of squared off with every time they've come up. Mm-hmm. And at this point, um, Omni man has recovered from his injuries and he shows up and his, uh, so tell me and tell me what you guys think. Cause like clearly he has a, um, oh what's the word, but he, he has like a logical reason to be invested in Mark's survival because of their bloodline. But also, do you think there might have been some paternal any even if it's the slightest shred of paternal instinct kicking in when he comes he comes to rescue uh, Mark in that fight and and just lays waste not only to the alien, but then he follows them back into their world <laughs> and completely destroys their civilization by himself. Because I feel like the show gives us enough evidence to yeah. think, well, he's a bloodthirsty maniac anyways but also like do you think do either of you think that maybe he was driven to that point in that moment because whether he wants to admit it or not he he actually cares about his son and not just because his son is capable of the same super things that he does but because he actually maybe likes him a little last episode notwithstanding but (laughs) yeah Yeah. you want to go first tim
0: yeah, um, I want to say at the very least that's I think initially was my thought. Like now, you know, the entire series, who knows? But I, I want to say that there is something there. Like I, even you know, even after watching all the way through, um, I've obviously was a little over You know, he kind of like <laughs> he a little overzealous went a little went a little <laughs> you know further than he needed to. But um, but I think there's definitely, I, yeah, there's got to be definitely part of it that was that was there was something something had to have been there.
2: Yeah, no, I I think he definitely loves his son and I mean definitely probably sounds like a strange word after you watch the first full season and yeah. see what he does in 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 that finale. Um but I I think my my interpretation was like he he knew like even what he was doing to Mark in the finale as as vicious and brutal as it was like okay, but you're, but you're still going to survive this. Like, I'm yeah. just trying to, to beat you into accepting my, my point of view, um, which, I mean, we'll get to the finale later. But, yeah, I, I think he's – it's hard to really kind of talk about a lot of that without referencing specific things he says and does in the finale. Um, but, no, I, I do think he, he loves his son and, and loves his wife in a way. Um, But it's just beyond that, there's no real attachment to anything else. Um, And we'll, we'll get to more of this later, but I mean... In a, in a way like it's probably scary that I, I look at like characters like omni-man and homelander and i'm like okay i kind of see where he's coming from on this that's probably <laughs> not like something i should even say um but oh dear but, but um if you know when you think about the fact you know that they do live for thousands of years mark's 17 he's been here for maybe 20 years you know, maybe I go to too many links to try to, you know, relate to characters or understand where they're coming <laughs> from. But but, you know, if if you try to parallel that with our own lives, I mean, it would be like in some ways, you know, probably knowing someone for a matter of days or something, you know, so um
1: like your spouse versus the person you dated at summer camp.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. And and so you know his whole life has been devoted to something. Spoilers. Uh, you know that that's a cause for him. Maybe even like the closest thing to what this planet has to what his home planet has to a religion. Mm-hmm. And so if if he goes through that for his entire life, you know he's grown up with that, and then all of a sudden he 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 gets something like, I I think it's a testament to how much he does love, um, you know, his son and to a certain extent, his wife, more so his son though, um, of, of what he does in the, in the finale. And even the alien says like, he just left like that, that doesn't happen. You know, Mm -hmm. those don't just leave their post. And so, um, maybe it's like overly optimistic or overly, um, forgiving view of it, but it's like, oh, there's enough there that this may have actually like swayed him in the end, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I mean, we, we might as well jump ahead. I mean, because.
0: Can we real quick? Uh, before they're, jump? They're, yeah. I want to do uh, just one. Just about and the only reason I bring it up is because it was surrounding this one, that one particular fighter, at least the very first one, I think the first iteration where these aliens came one kind of s- small or small ish thing that happened, but I thought was really important or really significant was, you know, this is theoretically invincible or Mark's, you know, first fight. And he, the first time he goes to help, he kind of freezes up because he's seeing the, the shock of the death and yeah. destruction. And yeah. I like that. They did that just because I feel like in the first episode, you know, you see, you see that at the end and it's just like, horrific and this is kind of a nice reminder of oh no this is also horrific to people there It should be horrific to the superheroes there as well like it's not they're not okay with it either and i i really like that 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 was included and it did take him out i mean he was you know he was useless that entire fight almost because he was just a mess you know just seeing all that happen i like that they they made sure to to include that
1: no yeah it's very important and i mean you see a I mean, you know, we, we see, we get like a a raindrop of that, in Spider Man Far From Home, but yeah. like the the fact that that heroes, especially young or un, um, yeah. you know, sort of rookie heroes, are not. Em, while they might be physically prepared to engage in battle, they're not emotionally prepared for yeah. for um, the consequences of of battle on such a large scale. I mean, um, shoot, even. Look at what it did to Thor. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, at least in the MCU, (laughs) I mean, like these, you know, they laugh about that, but really, I mean, so I, I, I think that was a really appropriate, um, posturing of Mark in that situation because, uh, you know, you see him fight Titan briefly in the first episode when he's in his homemade clothes, just trying to stop a bank robbery or something, you know, but it's not it's not full on invasion, you know? So like, you know, he's kind of got that sort of, that sort of, you know, cocky Spider-Man attitude at first, because <laughs> he's like, I can't be beaten. And, so, and then all of a sudden in the invasion, he's like, it's not so much about whether or not I can be beaten, but can I save the day? Cause mm-hmm. this is really big, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I think that was a great, this, that's one thing the show does do well is, is kind of how they, <laughs> frame his readiness at each stage for things. Um, And that is the weird thing because his, you know, psycho father is trying to help him ready himself for those things. And so we can get, we can get here now. Let's just jump ahead because um, one thing my, my loving wife's impression of this series, which I said to you guys before we started, which she was not as, as much of a fan of really, um, <laughs> is that it's, it's akin to your child knowing they have your attention for a good story and they just drag it out just to keep you on the line. Um, and, and, and I will say probably the most truly impressive moments I think is kind of like a tentpole for, the, for me anyways for the series. The first episode was a massive impression. Um, the episode that was sort of centric about Titan as a character I thought was very w- was a was a really watershed episode for me, and then the the last one as well. So um, I'm not saying the rest of those are particularly filler. I mean, you're kind of having Mark go on that journey through the whole time, but the circumstances around those and sort of the ongoing investigation, um, which is a little tough because because we as the audience already know you know who done it in that situation, and so it's just are they going to get there and 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 stuff. There's there's and, some and tension. Why? And why did he do it? Right. The why, yeah. The why is the biggest question mark of that, and that's what we. That's where we land in the in the last episode is this, this whole sort of um, explanation of Omni Man's M O is that he's just one of many of uh, the v- Viltramite. Is that that's a, yeah. that's the yeah. So yeah. Um. So they're basically sent out from their planet, not unlike, you know, the, the 300, the Spartans of 300 or something like, um, as these hardened soldiers and raised and trained that way too. Like they had a very Thanosian, uh, idea of like ex- instead of thanos you know just weeding out people at random they just decided just to eliminate every perceived weak person they had in their society and and very spartanish in that way and send all these people out to different planets in the galaxy to weaken their defense systems in order to make them more susceptible to invasion and so you find out that's basically why omni-man has been on earth and that's why he killed the Guardians of the Globe was to eliminate that defense, um, which is interesting because he would have to be because you know the Seth Rogan's alien character, his job as he works for some I can't remember the actual um, like coalition of planets or something like that. Um, they he is sent out to d- different planets to make sure their defenses are are ready. <laughs> For potential threats. And that's when he runs into Mark and they have this, like, uh, you know, casual psychic conversation on the moon, um, which is that's just, just a weird sentence to even come out of my mouth. But um, so, anyway, yeah. So, so Omni Man is explaining this to Mark. And then, you know, Jared, you know, was, was alluding to this. He's so old at this point that so much of his life is just a passing vapor, you know? Like, uh, so of course he's not gonna feel very connected to anyone but he feels connected to mark because he knows mark is going to be like him so i think in a sense he's like here is and and with mark being invincible um and having his blood knowing that he'll live longer i think in a sense it's like hey like (laughs) here's someone who's going to be with me <laughs> for the mm-hmm. long haul. Like maybe he, I don't know if letting his guard down is really the right language, but I think he's probably willing to open up and let Mark in at least because he knows that in a sense, like he knows he won't leave him um, or he wouldn't, he would assume that he wouldn't because uh, there's some permanence there. Um, and so you see, you see that almost being f- for, for a, in a good way, a bit of a weakness for him Mm -hmm. um but he is found out you know as the murderer of the guardians of the globe and so the uh cecil's government agency tries to uh, with the help of mark's mom who has turned on omni-man once she found out you know what happened um and they have they've now sort of commissioned Mark and and re um, uh, a, a resurrected immortal <laughs> to try to, uh, and the, I can't remember the name of the kaiju, but that super, super disgusting looking giant monster that <laughs> was like Omni-Man's greatest foe in his earthly history, um, all to try to basically contain him. Yeah. Well,
2: well, to try to, to, to try to kill him in a way, you know, I think yeah. it's like, so, so to the point where he's just like ready to, I think at one point, even to let Mark die with Omni-Man, if that's mm, what it takes, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. And that's where, you know, you get to that breaking point with uh, the mother too because she's like i'm not willing to lose my son you know it's like take my husband because it's obvious he is off the rails and a threat to the entire planet but not my son you know um and so eventually it gets down to the point where it's one-on-one um with mark and his dad and it's just it's probably the most vicious you know climactic superhero fight i think i've ever seen if, if i can if I can really recall,
2: and it's not um, and it's not even much of a fight, it's yeah, like it's very one-sided it's,
1: yeah. it's it's a prolonged sequence of abuse almost it's it's yeah. um it it's and it's very unsettling, and I think that's really the reason is i I mean c- certainly the physicality and the violence is is um is is the the brutality is only rivaled by that opening episode, I would say um and, but it's the emotion behind it that I think really drives it home because there really wasn't hardly any dialogue in that opening episode when he kills off the Guardians, who you really haven't gotten much time to get attached to in the first place. But, you right. know, you're going on this whole journey with Mark, and then he he is constantly putting him, oh man, it's even more cruel, like because he's putting him in situations where yeah he theoretically has an opportunity to rescue somebody but he's out of his league and he keeps failing over and over again trying to save people and like maybe you know it seems like he can save one or two people in a situation and then he just rips it right out of his hands you know sometimes literally and sometimes figuratively um and it's just it's just so soul crushing to see that happen to mark and Mm -hmm. go ahead jerry Uh,
2: Well, and I was just going to say like his bat, his dad is basically using his body as a, as a WMD. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just punching him through or holding him. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to the subway train scene, (laughs) which is the worst, but I mean, you know, he, he starts out just by purposely like after he kills a guy you know a pilot that Mark saves a fighter pilot that Mark saves yeah. he's like oh did that bother you well how about this and he punches him into the middle of New York City to where he goes through a building smashes through the street is just ripping through cars um, and so it's this you know and for- the building
1: starts to come down
2: and then the building like- starts to come down Mark tries to stop it tries to save a couple of people and can't do anything and so it's just this you know helplessness for him of of you think of like how horrible of like of of his father doing this to him but in a way you know it, it it's more than that it's it's forcing him to just be a a wmd or a natural disaster and yeah. and not be able to stop himself from accidentally you know killing uh, you know, hundreds of people. If yeah, not, if not more.
1: It's almost as if his dad is like, like people are like caring for people is like cigarettes, and he caught Mark caring for people. So now you're gonna smoke the whole carton.
2: Yeah, that's a good and analogy. Like
1: he and he's and he just. Wow. Almost trying to desensitize him right. to caring people by by just body after body after body, and he's and just you know all the time lecturing him like mm-hmm. you know you see how fragile and how you know life is a vapor you know for all these people and like you know they are here and gone. And it's like so why you know why bother and don't let yourself be compromised by caring for them and you know, all this other stuff. And it is just uh, soul crushing and and. What's interesting is eventually as the fight comes along we get this sort of um winter soldier cap and bucky mode where like mm-hmm. Marcus just resigned like he's just not gonna fight anymore. You know? And part of that is <laughs> Because he could probably He can't? Want it to. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. A lot of that is he can't. But also, like, he's also just not moving. And I, I wouldn't... And um, obviously, I think there is there is a pie chart there somewhere of cannot and will not somewhere in there. And I don't know <laughs> if it's 60-40 or, you know, 80-20 or whatever. But there there is a there is a component of will to it that he refuses to engage in the fight and instead just Resigns himself to being the punching bag, and um, the breaking point. Um, someone, someone else, a, a better a better personality than me, pointed out something in the continuity of the animation, um, in the in the penultimate episode, that um, that big kaiju fight and stuff, and and uh, with uh, the immortal coming back and everything, uh, the immortal. Tra- Tries to push out Omni Man's eyes with his thumbs and fails. Um, But his eyes are red for the rest of the series, Mm -hmm. like even into the next episode.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And speaking of continuity as well, at some point I wanted to bring this up, and this is not really the best time, but I feel like I'm going to forget. A brilliant, um, a brilliant and also kind of just another layer of the sort of visceral stain of violence on the show is the title card. Yes. Um, with every episode, it's this pristine, clean, very, it almost reminded me of The Tick back in the day, you know, this yeah. big, bold font lettering of says Invincible. And, uh, and also, like, the title card always interrupts Someone in a scene, uh, whenever they're going to use the word invincible, so that's just you know, if there's no theme song, it's just well, I guess you could call me, boom, invincible, you know, whatever. <laughs> but with every passing episode, the title card logo gets more and more tattered and bloody, yeah. and then by the last episode, it looks rough, um, for sure. And so, um, yeah, continuity in the show is really incredible, but. Um, whether, whether Mark can, can't, or, or won't, uh, fight his father back there, um, there's a really, you know, it's, it's a touching moment. And I think, I don't know, you got you guys might have a different take on it, but, um, he he is just you know off the rails Omni man is you know just yelling y- yelling at his son and he said just horrible things about his mother too like and to the fact where he he says you know you're only he's like i could just kill you now because you what what 17 years i could just have another kid and be right back in this position like with a snap of my fingers based on how time feels like it passes for him and stuff and um just awful, awful stuff. And, um, I really hope that the writers of the show, like if they need therapy that they go, you know, um, (laughs) because to come up with this, some of this dialogue as effective as it is feels like it had to come from somewhere, you know, I'm just like, dude, I, I hope someone's giving you a hug or something. I don't know. Um, and, um, he says, you know, I could wipe out this whole planet, or it's like it. Where he said, "However many years, everyone you know and love will be gone," and and what will you? And what will you have left? And he's just like, just can barely breathe, and he just says, "I'll have you, Dad." Right. Um. Yeah. And that line, first of all, is the is is the thing that breaks through. Tom mm-hmm. Newman, for better, or better or worse, I wouldn't say it resolves things, but it lets down his wall enough to make him retreat. And he, um, I'm curious the interpretation of that response from Mark or what you guys interpret that as. Because one way I see it is this sort of, um, I feel like you could take it. A, Maybe a number of ways. One, you could see it as like, well, it's just going to be you and me as in like, you know, you, you can't kill me and I can't kill you and we're just going to have each other kind of thing. But also when I think about how this series has portrayed Mark as as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the complicated relationship of family when you love somebody even when they're terrible, you know, there's just some people in your life who maybe don't deserve your love, but they're your family, and so you just do love them anyways. And you can't really explain it and stuff. And, and And I wonder if part of that is in there, where he's just like, "Well, you know, I'll have you." And I wonder if that's that sort of if there's still a little bit of innocence and naivety left in them, even though so much of life and everything has been beaten out of him um, that he still got a little bit of what makes him different from his dad and he hasn't let that go. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? I don't know if it has been, yeah. Anyway, but
0: totally. yeah, I think it's a son to father, but it could, you know, it could be other family relationships, but just someone who doesn't, even after a lot, just doesn't want to give up, you know, on their, on their father, yeah. on their parent, on their relative that even through the worst of it, you still think like things can turn around, you know? And so I think that's what it kind of felt like to me that, that I'm glad you mentioned that scene. Cause that, that part just, yeah, that was, that was a line that just really got to me. I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, oh man, it was pretty gutting. I mean, it was, it was huge. So I, yeah, that's what I kind of took it as like, even after you doing all this to me, there's still hope. There's still like there's still a, uh, you know, like there's still something can turn around. And I, I, I that's what, that's what kind of, I, I uh, took away from it.
2: Um, yeah. So I think that line in particular, you know, I, I think that was just like a, a literal sort of, you know, he tells him that he's going to live for thousands of years. Um, what's he going to have? And. Uh, you know, to a, to a certain extent, I think you know it, it's just literal. Like, well, I'll you know, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. still have I still have you. You know, we'll, we're we're both going to to have a lifespan like that. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I think there there is this sort of you know part of that scene is is Omni Man Nolan. He he knocks out Mark's front teeth, and then that triggers this flashback of when. Mark was a kid playing baseball and yeah. he was just he was so over it. Like he didn't want to he be was there. Not a fan of baseball. He was not a fan of baseball. <laughs> not a fan of not a fan of Earth in general. So right. yeah. Not 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 caring about its pastimes either. Um, but you know, but like, you know, the um the mom, the wife comes over and you know, she starts talking to him about how as we get older, you know, you, you sort of lose this like childlike Um, excitement and everything's new and fresh and, you know, just kind of look at it through his eyes, through Mark's eyes. And he really does have a moment then where Mark like hits a home run and, and he's like genuinely happy with him. And so I think they were, you know, sort of tying that back to like now Omni-Man having a different perspective, like he's just come to this world with this perspective of, Oh, this is, this is so meaningless. All that matters is my my bigger cause. And then he looks at it through Mark's eyes of of what the world means to Mark and how far he's willing to go for it. yeah and it, and it kind of gives him um, a different perspective. And I think in a sense, like I think with with some of the awful stuff that he's saying, some of the awful stuff he's saying to Mark earlier on in the episode, I think it's just like cold and you know, like what he what he really thinks, but it seemed yeah. like, when he's really like pummeling him down at the end, he, Omni Man was almost trying to like psych himself up to yeah. to go through with yeah. this, you know. Where, where, you know, if if you go back, you know, he he's imagining how this was all going to go. You know, he he when he was back on like Mount Everest, you see him talking. And you you wonder if he's talking to Mark at first, but he's just he's talking to thin air because he's like trying to prepare himself for this conversation. And so clearly, you know, it matters to him about how this goes. Um, yeah. And he wants Mark to to understand this perspective. And when they first start fighting, you know, he he tells Mark, you know, well, I'm not going to let you stop me or whatever. And then it's like it gets to a point where he he hasn't anticipated that it would go this way. And he didn't know what was going to happen. He assumed that he was going to carry through with the mission regardless. And then it's like he gets to a point where he's like, "Damn it! I I didn't know how I was going to feel when I, you know, I didn't expect it to get to this moment. And now that it has, I can't, I can't go through with it. You know. So, um, so, yeah, it's kind of a. I know I didn't just cover the Mark side of things there, but um, yeah, I think. I think all of Mark's sort of earnestness and genuine love—he—he's Omni Man's trying to psych himself up to just ah, oh, it doesn't matter. But it's like he kind of has an epiphany and like, it—it it has. It's—it's—it's it's, it's gotten to me. These seventeen years have actually meant something, you know. Yeah.
1: So. Mark's very existence and his approach to life, kind of as a living a living contradiction to the validity of Omni-Man's philosophy Mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, And in a a, a strange way, Invincible's superpower is his resolve because Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here thinking about it now. And while they were vastly two visually different fights, how it kind of mirrored the first time he got his powers and he went back to school the next day, and he very easily could have, you know, Toby McGuire, Flash Thompson that bully, mm-hmm. uh, and embarrassed him. But instead, he just let himself get punched out and just kept getting back up. And he's
2: he's he's the Cole Young of this
1: story. Oh, stop <laughs> it. His-,
2: <laughs> His arcana is
1: standing up. Um yeah, no, so he uh but here Granted, he's not standing back up, but he's just refusing to be broken. Um, and so I, I, I think about that, you know, that iconic but now sadly tragic line from The Dark Knight where the Joker tells Batman, I think you and I were destined to do this forever, you know, like, and it's just like, you're always going to be you and I'm always going to be me. And so that kind of thing. And so like... In that sense, I totally agree with you. It seemed like Yomni Manus really trying to psych himself up, and he had these expectations of how his mission was going to be executed and stuff, and now Marcus has ruined that by being being himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and Marcus just kind of like, well, this is kind of who you made me to be. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's who I am, and that's how I'm going to be, and that's who I'm always going to be, and... I'm going to be here this way for thousands of years, just like you. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that they tagged on that scene with, um, him and Alan, the alien where, where he is just aghast. is like filter do not abandon. Like that is not, that is not something that happens. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what did you do? Yeah, <laughs> right. Did you, did you right. Do that. Um, and so, I um, I really, and it's not just Invincible because others. St- I mean, if I think hard enough, I could come up with others. But I really do like the occasional story where the fight is not won through through the through through fighting. Like yeah. I mean, it's it, yeah. he he breaks Omni Man in a different way and. And that was enough. And even then, you know, it's not that he can really break him. He just has to kind of um, disarm him uh, in a way, and he's to, to where he has to leave, um, which was was pretty um, pretty interesting. So, I mean, that is sort of the main narrative of the season and stuff, which is really cool. But this show is packed with so many other little things though too yeah and I think we could spend a little time on that um, to kind of yeah. soften up the <laughs> uh, emotion of the conversation now um is there any you guys wanna is there any you guys you guys have been just waiting to talk about because um I've got a few I can get through but I'm in no hurry to to go through my list
2: some some of them work better, of course, for me than, than others. Um, some of them, when we're on them, I'm just like, yeah, let's let's speed along through this. I don't know how much I care <laughs> about this, but um, ro- robot robot story was 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 interesting and and had a way more interesting payoff. Uh, yeah. Than than I thought it would, mm-hmm. um, where you you find out that. Um, he's not actually a robot. He's you don't know exactly what it is. I think, I think maybe he's just like a, a deformed human, but maybe he's some other type of alien or creature. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I not clear on that, but, but he's almost kind of like, br- uh, like, um, Krang from, um, <laughs> Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles, where he's just like yeah. mostly this little kind of, this like giant brain with sort of some tiny appendages or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and but he's but he's not actually inside the robot he just sort of controls it uh remotely or whatever and so then you find out like he's he's doing this sort of shady stuff and you're like well what is he doing is he is he a villain is he up to something and but then then you find out later like he was he's just <laughs> uh yeah. so i i
1: don't i'm I mean, just trying to get, to get bo- trying to get oh, a trying to get body. oh yeah yeah
2: stuff, yeah yeah I mean. gotcha gotcha yeah um and, and so, um, so he's just trying to get like a, a real body for himself. And part of the reason is because he's, um, interested in this, uh, other, uh, in, in monster girl, um, who is a girl who de-ages every time she uses her superpower and turns into a monster.
1: That's a real, um, yeah, that's a real fascinating.
2: Thing. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the other interesting part to to what he does is he you know he he catches on that she uh, likes the looks of um, Rexplode and so he gets draws blood from Rexplode and then creates a younger version of Rexplode's <laughs> body um, and and then but then the really interesting part to it is like he doesn't actually get to live or or get to be in that body he just creates a copy of himself to live out the life that he wanted to have and so you know it's a really tragic um uh story arc there i mean the, the character in a sense lives on but it's basically kind of like a you know it's basically a clone yeah of him
1: well, the cloning technology in the show is really interesting in that because you also have the Mauler twins who are um, the, um, the these villains who, um, who are also voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who was who also the monster part of Monster Girl, I believe, um, where they're these big, muscular, blue twins and, but one is a clone of the other, and they have this real Hugh Jackman prestige situation with <laughs> them that, that when a copy is made, their consciousness is unclear as to who the original is. So um, there is tragedy in that. Neither one of them knows who came first. But at the same time, they play more comedy into that because they're yeah. constantly arguing over who the smarter one is. Yeah. Like, well, if you were so if you were so smart, as literally, you must be the clone to do something that stupid. You know, like yeah. just kind of. Anyway, so it's a it's it's a more lighthearted take on that that notion, uh, which I thought was was neat as well. Um, who else? Um, yeah, so Clancy Brown's Damien Darkblood. I can't help. I was more interested in this, so yeah. I finished. I can't remember when I watched what, but you know we had, we've already you know we previously done our episode on Mortal Kombat, but I think I had finished Invincible before watching Mortal Kombat. So now I'm going to repeat something I said in the Mortal Kombat episode, which is, um, there was always a you know Damien Dark. He's this demon who. Was he, is he like on work release from hell or something like that? I can't, yeah.
0: but it's something he about he,
1: he's not in hell and he doesn't want to go back, which I'm I'm at least glad that even for demons, they don't really enjoy being there. That's a nice, <laughs> a nice, you know, standard that's being set here in the show. Um, and, but he uh, has this invisibility capability to himself, but people's breath starts getting cold whenever he's in the room. Um, which is a really, I'm sorry, no pun intended, chilling effect, Um, when (laughs) there's this constant tension, because he's involved in probably one of the most tense storylines, which is trying to sneak around homicidal Omni-Man to try to get evidence to prove that he murdered the Guardians. And so... um, Which begs the
2: question, like, if Omni-Man killed him, would he just, like, regenerate... In hell, or would he cease? Yeah. to exist? like what? I don't would know happen- how that works? to a demon yeah. that's
1: escaped from hell? I don't. Know. I don't know. I, I want to <laughs> say like they. There was a punchline about that in one of the episodes too, because he gets like trapped in a room, or he gets uh, and, and gets uh, you know with an incantation gets set back kind of against his will, and somebody was like, "You, I, I can't believe he's like, I didn't kill him. He was already dead, or something like that." Like somebody was like, "Well, he's." I was like, he's, he's just in hell. Like, it's fine. That's where he, that's where he came from before or something like, like, like trying to, um, take the teeth out of the evil of the, of the action that had happened. Um, that was, that was, uh, something else. And then, um, um, yeah. So there's an episode where Marshal Ali's character Titan is sort of the, the center of that. And he tries to recruit, um invincible to help him take down a mob boss and um they play these uh that was a great episode too one that i didn't see coming i'll say like they show, you know, kind of the desperation of Titan and not having the money to like feed his family and stuff and that's why he why he's a criminal and um and how he makes his his income and stuff and um <clears throat> how he's kind of held under the thumb of this crime boss and so he um tries to help tries to get invincible to help him to sort of overthrow him so he'll be, you know, liberated from it. Um and then <clears throat> the shoe drops and turns he's only doing it to seize the power himself and then that puts Invincible in a really rough situation as well and that was a that was a great greatly written episode because you have it's it's interesting because they show this real kind of you know um, oppressive system that's going on here with the desperation that Titan experiences and stuff and at the same time Mark is just out with his superhero activities at the dinner table at night now because you know everybody's on the same page, and and, and uh, his dad's like, I don't like this. I don't think you should be working with him, or all this other stuff. He's like, No, it's fine. He's just he's, he's like, You can't trust criminals and all this other stuff, which is some weird double talk coming from his dad. But <laughs> whatever. But he, he, you know, he's all like, you know, don't trust him, don't trust him, and everything, and you and you and you've been led to believe, you know, it's kind of the heart instinct yeah. that. That has helped Mark make all the right choices, and it and it comes to bite okay. him uh, in that episode, which was which is was an interesting. Take. And and and
2: Battle Beast, man, Battle Beast is
1: Worf. Uh, that yeah. was Worf from oh, uh, Star Trek: The oh, Next Generation. Yeah. So that's why I was really surprised. Wow, but yeah, man. man, I was. I guess he's he'll still be around because he uh, he just left at the end of that episode and never showed up again.
2: He's the Brock Lesnar of this um, or just occasionally comes in and wrecks people and then takes you know four months <laughs> off
1: so exactly yeah in all sense it absolutely is um wow yeah um pretty crazy stuff uh tim i don't know if you noticed this but i the one thing i love about amazon prime as a service is that um They have a feature that they call X Ray, so you can always Uh, like mm -hmm. hit pause or something during a scene, and it will sort of IMDb the screen for you. So characters who are on screen at that moment, it'll tell you who the actors are. Um, something. And if music happens to be playing, they can also tell you what the song is. And this series used a lot of Run the Jewels.
0: Yeah, I I was pausing a lot to remember like what what title (laughs) is that again? You know, because I was was really curious. Hold on, click click. It, yeah, yeah, they're everywhere, oh, man. It was.
1: <laughs> I thought about you a lot on that one because I only, you know, ever thought about Run the Jewels when they uh, released the first Black Panther trailer all those years ago, and then um, yeah, and so that one's used a lot. The their their music choices, I think, were excellently paired mm. with yeah. with uh, the series. I thought it was really, really good.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's good choices.
1: <laughs> Any other? Um, uh, sort of etc. cetera things, whether episodes we didn't talk about or characters or performances or.
0: So this isn't so much an episode, but I did like the way they handled. So, you know, obviously amidst all this plot of like Omni-Man and the mystery of like why he did what he did, you know, there'd be these, you know, certain episodes where they'd have, you know, fights with aliens or, you know, all these kind of, various battles and sometimes there'd be even small subplots where it'd be like minutes in the episode and that would be it like so there's this one i don't even remember what episode number it was but people uncover this mummy (laughs) that is not you know that has some sort (laughs) of powers and then that's it and so i like so at the (laughs) end of the season to kind of let you know oh by the way we're coming you know because i think around the end of this the the series or the season they announced the second and third episode, but like the last episode, they kind of remind you of all these kind of like loose ends that hadn't weren't complete. Some of them maybe were oh, yeah. handled pretty well, yeah. but they weren't completely like tied up.
1: Mars a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah,
0: the creatures on yeah. Mars, this the aliens that you know were defeated in the second that you know Omni Man just kind of you thought obliterated. You kind of you kind of see all these things that oh hey we didn't quite wrap it up like you know maybe we thought and so I thought that was an intriguing idea of like oh yeah they didn't just like you know you think you kind of wipe your hands after a battle and that's it but no there's 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 things kind of um, happening you didn't you didn't completely eliminate the threat so I thought that was interesting to jump back and kind of remind you of those of those things that uh, you might have forgotten about (laughs) yeah that's that's sort of becoming
2: a thing really i don't know if there was a series that did it prior to game of thrones but i know game of thrones made the format really popular where episode nine out of ten is sort of the big fight or finale and then ten is sort of spinning things forward to the next season which is smart when you when you think about it like especially for a new series in the first couple of seasons of saying like, okay, here's why you need to come back for, um, season two or whatever. Um, so yeah, I did like the fact that we, we just saw these little, you know, blips of, you know, stuff like, like you mentioned, yeah. like Mars where, you know, they're again, talking about Mark's decisions with, um, Mahershala Ali's character, uh, and, and the mob boss and all that and how that came back to bite him trying to do the right thing with Mars. Like the Martians are like, uh, yeah, no, you can't let the, you can't let the humans live here. Uh, we've got to kill them because if, if one of them gets taken over, then all of these little, you know, parasite aliens are going to destroy all of us and then they'll get off the planet and come to yours and all that. And so again, he's trying to do you know, what he thinks is the right thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and save individual lives and it has consequences in the end. And so, you know, in a way it's, it, you know, it's not the same thing with, with what Omni-Man is, is doing, but when you see these little things, um, going wrong and, 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 and well-intentioned efforts to save individual lives, turning into much bigger problems or whatever, then you're kind of like, well, I, I I, definitely still don't agree with Omni-Man, but I can kind of see where he would come in and think like, well, I've got all this perspective on things. This is why we need to focus on the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Yeah. Well, it certainly strikes me as that's a teenage superhero for you. Like, they react <laughs> impulsively mm-hmm. and yeah. their idea of the right thing it can be pretty myopic. Like, you know, so yep. <laughs> uh, n- never mind, I'm not going to get into political discussions. Just maybe think about like economics and stuff like, oh, just do all this. And I'm like, yeah, well, that you have to consider economic consequences of certain actions stuff. anyway, but but yeah, the, um, yeah, I think that's a great, again, this is it's a great testament to the sort of reality of his immaturity, both both for good and bad. Like, mm-hmm. there is a there is a purity, to him, yeah. Um, that serves him well, and then there's a naivety that, like I said, creates more problems. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 uh it's really good. Um,
2: yeah, and once and, you can
1: get past all the horror,
2: right? And, and you know, but in a way too, like with the boys, the boys wrestles with some you know, larger moral decisions, but I, I feel like this series tackles like larger point of view, worldview questions than, you know, yeah. the, the, the boys gets into some of that and I can, I can think of, I won't go into them, but I can think of a couple of like really good specific examples. Um, but you know, it, it doesn't delve into, Quite as many of these like moral quandaries or, yeah, like perspectives on life and the universe and, and all these sort of things. So, um, you know, I'm glad that this show has stuff like that to separate it. Mm-hmm. A- and also, too, you know, I think back now to like different shows like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, The Expanse, or uh, This Is Us, whatever of where like the first season I was like, "Eh, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. And then maybe even the first part of the second season, like, yes. And then like midway through season two is where I really felt Mm -hmm. like it took off. And so it's, it's sort of the reverse of how I, you know, I talk about like with movies, if the first one isn't great, then (laughs) I'm just like, okay, well we're screwed because it's just downhill from here. Um, (laughs) But it's kind of like the reverse of that with TV series, where like if it's pretty good in the first season, I think like oh maybe you know maybe the second season once we've gotten past a lot of the setup that that has to be established, you know it could really take off in season two even more. So
1: yeah, well and I think that is the advantage that TV has to movies because in movies like you know, your, your notion there about the first movie always being the best of the franchise is like, we kind of have to throw all of our best ideas at the wall just to make sure it gets made or that we can even justify getting permission to do a second one, where when you have a series, your first few episodes just have to be good enough to get someone's attention Mm in a way like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, that, the beginning of C, but I can think of like TV shows like the office and parks and rec and like their first seasons were not among their best. Um, yeah. in the long run, I mean, no, no way that could be it for debate, but, but nevertheless, the show, those shows, for instance, really found their identity after their first season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and you know, it, there is a luxury of time, in seasons, whether this is, you know, this is just eight episodes, but you know, other series have longer ones and, um, you get to, you get the luxury of developing characters more. Um, so you can kind of explore those deeper things and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the boys, yeah, I, I've always felt a little more distant, emotionally distant from the boys with save a couple of stories, mm-hmm. uh, story arc. Strangely enough, um, Frenchie and uh, Kumiko. Like I think that yeah. might have been like the most emotionally engaging story, which is very, very little communication in that in that story, arc. But, um, but the rest of it just seems very. I don't know. Like this, this. Uh, uh, I can't think of how I want to say it. But like <laughs> you know, just tar- targeting corporate corruption and stuff like that. Yeah. Like these, these sort of big. Mm-hmm almost political ideas, you know, instead, mm-hmm. you know, the big, the second season of the boys, just, just one big MAGA illusion, you know, like, and, and you know, and, and it's enjoyable in a different way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think in, that stories like Invisible feel a lot more personal. Um, yeah. And um, sometimes that can be really emotional and, 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 Um, if you don't execute that right, it can be, it can be really bad, uh, almost laughable, you know, but, um, but when it's done well, and I think the personal nature of this show was done really well, um, as well, even, even so like the way it kind of subverts expectations a little bit, like with the, uh, the, the romantic subplot for Mark and the girl Amber at his school like um, he constantly runs into the Clark Kent Lois Lane problem or mm. the Spider-Man Mary Jane problem of oh everything's going great now I have to go be a hero and I have to lie about what I'm doing and like eventually she like figured, she, she figures out and she's just mad that I don't, I don't know how I really feel about this but like she's yeah. just mad at him that he lied to her and like in any other normal relationship I would agree I like because honesty is the bedrock of a healthy relationship but this isn't like hey I'm lying to you that I have this like secret hobby where I cosplay in the park on the weekends <laughs> or something <Right>. this, <laughs> um, if people knew my secret then your life would be in danger and that's why I don't Tell people, right but she was like, "You lied to me, so I'm going to break up with you anyways." And I even know that you're a hero, and I'm like, "Well, I don't know." That didn't subvert the way I thought they thought they were gonna, it was going to subvert, you know? Yeah, yeah. Beats me, but because like in the in the in the story, what they knew each other for like three or four months, maybe. Yeah, I don't know how long season one lasts. Yeah,
0: but. uh <laughs>
2: I want to say, I want to say it was like eight eight months or something like that. Like I I think they reference it at some point, and it's been like, oh, I think it's like how long the guardians have been dead or something like that. I think it's been like eight months. I want to say that could be wrong, but I think that's it.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, and that's I wouldn't call that a particularly weak point in the show, but that's just executed a little strangely. Um, Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, season one strong. I'm not sure when season two would be coming, but um, they have gotten the green light for season two and season three of Invincible. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah.
2: and and they've, I guess, the book or the comic book ran for like 13 years or something like that, and and uh, Robert Kirkman hopes to be able to do like seven seasons with this, which I think that'd be great. Um, I. I wonder like you know with with these streaming services a lot of times they're just like three three seasons and we're out yeah Uh, Yeah. so i i don't we'll see i mean like i I guess we'll we'll have to a certain extent a little bit of a a guinea pig with with the boys being a season or more ahead of it nearly nearly two seasons ahead of it to see like you know how long they decide to go with that and if that yeah. breaks the chain a little bit but um, yeah. so that could be a little worrisome but I am at least glad to see that it's going to get you know through season three and give us some more of this story so
1: well I will say um, as far as original series go um, there let's see I'm just trying to take a look here I know they have that series The Man in High Castle. That was a Netflix, uh, Netflix, sorry, an Amazon original. That yeah. I felt like that had been on for, that's had four seasons. Mm. Okay. I, I'm just trying to think of longevity and yeah. in terms of uh, um, prime, prime original series. Um, and,
2: and, and I don't know how the pay scale works with voice acting for something like this. Like, I don't, I mean, they've got a very like all-star cast, but when it's just voice acting, do you have to... Pay them less or something because that's a whole. That's right. a lot of what these shows come. That, that's why law, law and Order SVU <laughs> is like still on the air, air after that. like twenty five seasons. Is you know it's it's got a formula and they're probably not paying the actors all that much. Um, so that you know I, I don't know exactly how that pay scale works or how you know that might factor into it.
1: Yeah, I think the longest one. I, I mean, the currently. I think maybe the longest Amazon series is um, Bosch. Mm. Um, I can't remember the Titus Welver, I think. Oh, okay. uh, is in that. And that's had six seasons, but most of them, most of them are three, four, four seasons max, usually. Yeah. Um, I, not, not to say. Uh, and then Transparent had five seasons. Let's see. But yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And of course, you have The Expanse as well, but the, obviously they didn't do all of those seasons. They, no,
2: they, so. they they picked it up for three, and then they're ending it after six. So. <laughs>
1: gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it looks like they have, and, and I mean, I don't know, se- seven seasons could be could be a bit for for a show like Invincible. I think that's like, what, fifty fifty six 56 episodes um, if they do eight for each one of them. So, you know, I, I'm sure if... I just hope that they know when the end is coming enough to not have too many un, um, unintentional loose ends yeah. uh, left there because that's the hardest thing for stories like this, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah. But I think they ended the first season, even with the way they pitched the loose ends, It's kind of like, you know, the the, the lingering adventure that's yet to be had.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, you know, if they'd continue to do it like that, maybe it's not such a bad thing. Kind of letting you know, hey, here's all the, that's a preview of all the, you know, characters we'll probably revisit next time.
2: Yeah. So. Right. And then, and and I think still, you know, of course, the, the driving thing is, I mean, Om- Omni Man has got to come back at at some point. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see those, you know, that, that interaction Mark and his dad is, is, you know, what just kind of hooks me into the the show. Um, And, and if he and his wife then have a talk after that, that's, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. He called her a pet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, I mean, in in a very literal sense, if he lives thousands of years and she lives like ninety, then, you know, okay, I, I guess. But yeah, that's
1: that's that's yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. Tim, any any uh, clean up words on uh, Invincible? <laughs>
0: No, not really. I'm glad you mentioned uh Debbie the mom. I thought she was uh, at least now this is one thing I do remember somewhat I don't remember her being a really prominent uh character in the novel. So I like how she was in the in the show. Like there was more to her. She was more involved in the figuring things out. There was there was a lot there was a lot more to her. And so I'm glad she was kind of a had a had a had a big role. Or big ish. Yeah. You know?
2: I I actually saw an interview with uh, Robert Kirkman where they asked him specifically about that, um, about, you know, why, you know, he expanded that role. And he's like, or why it wasn't bigger in the Mm -hmm. first, you know, in the comic book or whatever. And he's like, uh, because I was a 20 something year old guy and I didn't really care about female (laughs) characters and times have changed and I've changed. So he was just like, he was just very open mm -hmm. and honest about that, you know.
1: Apparently too. <laughs> I was just reading the trivia, and apparently, like Jillian uh, Jacobs' character, Adam, Adam Eve, was slightly had her body redrawn for the animation as well to kind of get away from that sort of exploitative female comic drawing. Um, so that's a you know a, another interesting you know take on the evolution of comic creators yeah, right. uh, and a little more maturity displayed which is nice um, she doesn't look like she has back or neck problems or anything like that from the way she's drawn which is nice um, and <laughs> considerate so yeah um, anyway so yeah just to wrap up um, Invincible available on Prime um, you know the the uh, Content, particularly the violence, may not be for everyone. Um, however, uh, does have a lot to offer if that's something that doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't bother you. Although, I should go ahead and warn you, it is shocking if you haven't seen any of it.
2: Oh, oh yeah, we we didn't even we didn't get back to really talking about it, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the 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 subway train scene. Oh my oh, gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's that's the one that's the worst
1: yeah Yeah. it's um yeah both visually and highly emotionally disturbing so um you know viewer discretion is advised is what they what they always say on tv right so um keep that in mind um but a stellar cast um surprisingly um surprisingly emotionally vulnerable story you know from the kid's perspective and stuff and uh more seasons to come so if you're interested in that that's where you can find it on prime um and that will do it for this week's episode of night cheese thank you for joining us and uh we'll have more in the future so who knows what uh who knows what's to come next because because we haven't talked about it so we so we don't know yet but um <laughs> we'll we'll see you next time and until then keep working on your night cheese and he very easily could have, you know, Toby McGuire, Flash Thompson, that bully, mm-hmm. uh, and embarrassed him. But instead, he just let himself get punched out and just kept getting back up. And
2: he's 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 the Cole Young of this story. No, stop it. <laughs>
1: His arcana is
0: Standing up